Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Another episode of BC Interruption Radio. Uh, we're here again today. My name is host AJ Black. I'm here as always with Eric Hostis. Eric, you here? Hello, AJ. So this is attempt number two. We had an attempt a little while ago where uh, I think both of our our uh, receptions got dropped. So hopefully this works a little better. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about um, we're going to talk about a few subjects. I'm going to review the Temple game, uh, a game that was definitely a mixed bag for the Eagles, as we saw a lot of things uh, concerning about how they finished that game up. Even though they won, uh, there was definitely some things they got to adjust. We're going to talk a little bit about A.J. Dillon and his injury and how that affects the team. And then we're going to look ahead to uh, a, a battle against a ranked team where they face NC State on Saturday at 1230 on Nesson um, for local uh, viewers. So today, uh, let's start off by talking about Temple, Eric. Um, it was a 45-35 win for the Eagles. Uh, we saw A.J. Dillon, Jeff Smith, and Kobe White all go down with different injuries in, during the game. A.J. Dillon was hurt. Uh, it looked like an ankle injury. I don't know if it was a high or a low ankle injury. They haven't brought up anything on that, but he was jogging on the sidelines. Uh, Kobe White uh, looked like he just got a stinger because he came right back, and Jeff Smith had an upper body injury when he got smashed on a play up the middle. Um, so that, that was definitely something that can be concerned about, but let's look at the game itself. Um, we were, we talked about it last time, uh, when our connection, uh, screwed up, but, uh, we were talking about how it was a game they won, but there was a lot of things that made us concerned, Eric. There was definitely things on all three sides of the ball where, you know, you looked at the team and said, Hey, it's a win, but it's not a win that makes you feel great. Eric, what what you know what what is what was the part of the game that made you concerned the most? I mean, it's tough to ignore the special teams woes. You know, I, I won't harp too much on it because we, we're talking about it every week, but it continues to be a major issue. Once again, you know, we got to say this is going to kill them in a game against a better opponent. So uh, I don't know what we do at this point. Just say a prayer and hope it gets better. I I, I don't know what the solution is, but. That's obviously a major concern, and um, quite honestly, I, I thought this was going to be a game that BC really controlled, and I, I don't think that I don't think that the, the ten point win was even indicative of of the game. I mean, Temple outgained BC four fifty two to four twenty three. They were better on third down than BC, converting fifty percent. BC was at around 42, 43%. Um, and, 
you know, I, I'll let you talk about some of the defensive problems you saw. Um, but I, I mean, offensively, I, I'm seeing the I'm seeing the team. Uh, you know, they got 45 points, so it's you know, I think a lot of defenders are going to say, well, they scored 45. What are you complaining about? But um, I I I continue to be worried about the play calling. Um, and by that, I mean the distribution of uh, rushes to passes on first down. Um, I went and looked it up today, and now that we have, um, you know, a good solid amount of game data to look at, BC is running on first down 76% of the time, um, which is way high. And, and, I mean, it is on par to what they've done the last few seasons. But, I don't know, I always, like, for some reason, I, I, I guess it's uh, the de- definition of insanity. I keep hoping – Something's going to change, but uh, they're running at 76% on uh, first down. Um, I I also look, they're also running it 76% of the time um, on third down and less than six yards to go. So, uh, you know, on on the one hand, you know, you're going to have someone say, hey, well, they got the best running back in the country. Do you not want them to run? And no, that's not the point. I I want it to be a little more even because I look at, second down and they're running 64% of the time on second down. I look at third down overall um, and they're running more like 48% of the time. So I think I want the three downs to be a little bit more even so that the, the defense doesn't know whether a run or a pass is coming. And I don't think that's too much to ask for, but um, we'll, we'll talk about that much more as the year goes on and kind of monitor that. Um, but let, let's get to the defense right now. Um, I know it's something you wrote about today. Um, what are concerns you have that you saw on the defense this weekend? So when you look at the defense, I think that's my biggest concern. I I agree with you on the offense as well. You know, um, AJ Dillon, I think ran the ball. I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was 28 times in the first half. And I'm not going to throw this at Daz because obviously he's, it's a physical position, but man, you're playing with fire if you're going to throw your star running back out there and just run him into the teeth of the offense 28 times in one half. He's going to get hurt, um, and it happens again. Not Daz's fault, but you got to you got to be more protective of your players. And, and I think changing up the style of some of the calls could help that. It can kind of also limit some of the wear and tear on Dylan. But anyways, that was just a side note. But on defense, I think what the biggest issue is. Um, I think there's it, uh, the biggest concern is that it, it's affecting all three levels of that defense. The defensive line is not making good uh, penetration other than Zach Allen uh, week in and week out. Wyatt Ray had a good game two weeks ago, but uh, he was pretty much invisible last week. Um, the, the linebackers, I, I, you know, they started off against UMass and Holy Cross, and they look like barn burners out there. But, man, they look slow against some of these newer teams. You know, Strahan, I love his play. He's a good physical player. But, man, he – he always looks a step slower than anyone that gets near him. Max Richardson, he was struggling with, you know, making tackles. I just, that linebacking crew definitely regressed, I think, in my eyes. And the secondary, you know, you're looking at that secondary. Um, last game, you know, if you're going to make an excuse, you could say, well, you know, your all-American all safety got knocked out of the game when he got um, ejected for targeting. However, it, this, it's not just last game. Again, as you just mentioned with uh, the, the offensive play calling, this is becoming trends, right? This, we're, we're five games into the season. This, that's almost halfway. So this isn't just like fluky stuff. You're seeing 
the team do the same things over and over again. And some of the things that you're seeing in the secondary, I mean, Anthony Russo, that quarterback for Temple, um, I, I don't know. He's, he's not very good. I mean, obviously, they've yanked him at different points. But he hit passes that he had no business hitting against, you know, the secondary was not making the right plays. Brandon Sebastian, I know he's young, uh, but he definitely looked exposed against uh, Temple. And if, if you always look at the people who are going to make excuses. Isaiah Wright's an All-American, you know, or a borderline All-American wide receiver. He's great, yeah. I have no doubt that Isaiah Wright's a good player. But you know what? You're going to face guys like that week in and week out when you play an ACC schedule. You look at NC State, they have um, – uh, what's his Kelvin Harmon, who's got 24 catches for 400 yards. Who's going to cover him? Hamp Sheevers has had a great season, but you know, if they move guys around, you're going to then have Jacoby Myers or uh, Emeka Amezi, uh, both a great wide receiver. And then you have a great quarterback throwing into him. It's not Anthony Russo anymore. Who's a, you know, was good bailing BC out left and right. And, and the guy um, Hartman, Sam Hartman from Wake Forest that was bailing BC out. You got Ryan Finley staring you down. And that scares me because this defense has not showed me they can consistently get off the field and they've been bailed out by bad offenses. And you're not going to get that moving forward, Eric. Yeah, I think I, I, uh, I don't know how much DC fans know about NC state and you can definitely question uh, the strength of their schedule so far and who they've gone up against. But I mean, if you look at the stats, any passing stats, they're right there in the na- nation's leaders. I mean, yards per game, they're ninth. Yards per attempt, they're top 20. I mean, they're they're right in there with teams like Washington State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Houston, Missouri, Ohio State, Bama, like all these explosive offenses that, that we see around the country. Well, NC State's right now is right there with all of them uh, statistically. Um, so, and, and again, they, they haven't had the fiercest competition yet this year, but uh, that's definitely a concern. Um, I, you know, we, we, I kind of laughed a little bit in the summer when I saw the BC secondary being called the no-fly zone. Um, you know, I love Will Allen, Lucas Dennis. I think they're really good players, but um, I, I thought that was a little too high a praise for, for uh a unit that definitely has some question marks and we'll see Saturday. I think they're really going to get tested. Yeah, it's definitely going to, it's definitely going to be a a strength of NC state to throw that ball. So, you know, you're going to have to look, you're going to have to get some pressure on Ryan Finley. That's the one thing I think that they have that they can do. Ryan Finley's not a a mobile passer, which in the past has been able to kill BC. If you put pressure on him, he's able to escape it. You know, a guy like, um, you know, John Walker last year or uh, Brandon Wimbush, you know, you put pressure on them, they, they can escape and slower BC defenders can't catch them. You know, you, you can force Finley into the pocket and make him throw some passes uh, and put pressure on him. Maybe you can make, a, make him make a few errors. But, again, he's not a quarterback that makes mistakes. I think he's only thrown one interception all year. And that's, again, just this year against some subpar uh, opponents. But, I mean, look at his, his stats last year. I think he only had – two or three interceptions the entire year. He's a, he's a pretty NFL-ready quarterback, whether he gets to that level. I, I, you know, you're going to question that. But against a, de- a secondary like BC, they're going to they're gonna make mistakes, and, and that's going to kill them if they, can't, if they can't cover that. Now, Eric, um, we're looking – when you're looking at NC State, we, uh, you mentioned you know, they haven't played anyone yet. Probably, arguably the toughest team that they've played to this point 
was Virginia. I believe they had a game against was it West Virginia that was canceled because of the yep. hurricane. Uh, so that was their one test that was was moved off. So you know this is a team that hasn't really you know it, it, you could you can make the argument that it looks just like kind of like what BC was a couple of weeks ago where they're playing a team they haven't been punched in the mouth yet. This could you know if you want to look at the positive end of things. If AJ Dillon's healthy, this is a, t- a game where if BC can punch them in the mouth, you could see how they respond. Now, last year that defense on NC State struggled against the run. Is that where you think BC should really push NC State, or do you think you know we should really need to be balanced again? Well, I mean, I'm always a fan, a fan of the offense being balanced. Um, at the same time, I think you got to see how the game plays out a little bit um you know the the nc state passing offense it's it's really it's really hard to determine at this point whether it's a product of their easy schedule or this really is one of the best passing units in the country um i'm sure uh dazio is gonna try and keep them off the field and uh just on one of your points earlier you know you talked about finley not being mobile um which is definitely true and and also teams have not gotten to him this year either uh he's only been sacked two times in four games so um and there's other stats out there like the times he's been hurried and stuff all very low numbers um, so nobody, nobody's really tested him out either to see how he throws under pressure this year. Um, you know, his decision-making under pressure. So I think that's the one area where you're right. BC really has to win that battle and make Finley uncomfortable this weekend. And Hey, they got the edge rushers, um, between Allen and White Ray to do it. Um, those two both, I think are going to have to have, um, you know, their best games of the season. Um, you know, Wyatt Ray is going to have to duplicate that uh, Wake Forest game when he was just a monster. And Zach Allen, you know, he was quite earlier in the year. The last few weeks, though, he's kind of steadily made some plays. Uh, I think he's starting to really ramp up his play, too. So, for me, those guys those guys are, next to A.J. Dillon, those guys are the most important players this weekend because, I got to tell you, if they're not putting pressure on Finley, I don't think the BC secondary can stop that NC State passing attack. So it's going to come down to pressures. Yeah, definitely. So let's look at the other side of the ball. Uh, I think the biggest story, obviously, going into Saturday's game is the health of A.J. Dillon. Now, last week, if you watched the game, I think someone rolled on his ankle, and A.J. Dillon missed the rest of the game um, what what looked like an ankle sprain. Um, He was jogging on the sidelines. It was definitely up in the air whether he was going to be back or not. You know, the, uh, I was watching at home. Um, it, you know, they kept making it look like he was ready to come back in, but he never got his helmet back on. And we saw Ben Glines finish the game. And I thought Ben Glines actually did a really nice job against Temple. I don't know if he's got the, the um, ability to do that, the same type of running against an ACC squad like NC State, but he definitely fit the need last week. And I was glad that they were able to dress Dylan um, and, and let him uh, heal up. Now, this week, if you haven't been paying attention, we posted it up on uh, BC Interruption earlier. Um, Adazio has been very, you know, with um, FERPA laws, he doesn't have to disclose anything in terms of injuries. It's all private information at this point. He just, he basically deferred it on Monday saying that, you know, he had no updates that AJ hadn't been practicing yet. Um, and then Wednesday, he said it was a game time decision. 
Um, so we don't, we don't have any moles with any information on whether he's practiced yet or where he's at. Now, Eric, if you were a betting man, would you think A.J. Dillon's playing on Saturday? Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm leaning towards he is, uh, is going to suit up. I, I don't know if we're going to see quite the number of carries that we usually see, but um, I don't know. But, uh, again, that's – to me, it's not something I'd feel strongly betting on. Um, it's if I look back on Adazio's history too, when he calls people game time decisions, it's it's tough. Like it seems fifty fifty to me. Like um, sometimes when he calls them game time decisions, the guys play. Sometimes they don't. Um, it's I don't think he's really giving away much by calling them a game time decision. So um, I don't know. What are your feelings? Do you think he's going to suit up? I think you're right. I think he's going to probably be a limited participant. You know, he'll probably get 20, 25 runs. Um, I, if I was a betting man, I would guess, you know, it's going to be a three-headed monster on, on Saturday. You're going to see A.J. probably get the bulk of, bulk of the carries, but, it's, again, it's going to be split three ways, you know, 20, 25 carries. I, and Dazio has already started talking up David Bailey. Um, I don't know why. He yeah, and, you know, you know what? If, if B.C.'s offensive line is as good as um, Adazio hypes it up and the praise that – they have gotten on a national level, then, then really they should control the line and and you know Bailey and Glein should be able to to do damage too. So it's um, hey, AJ Dillon's one of the best running backs in the country. But if there's ever a position that is replaceable, it's running back. If if your offensive line is playing well, so um, I, I think I think I think they have the guys to fill in for him and at least do a adequate job. Um, there will be a drop-off, sure, but like I said, that if that offensive line plays like they're supposed to, you know, BC should still be able to run the ball. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and looking at the offense, too, for Saturday, I think the last, you know, person that we need to talk about um, who's definitely seemed to regress back towards his mean is Anthony Brown. I know at the beginning of the year we had spoken after the UMass game that he looked like, you know, an all-ACC type of quarterback. Um, you, you know, the last two weeks, or so he's definitely looked a lot more like what we saw last year, you know, making some, like against Temple, he, he got bailed out on a questionable uh, uh, refer, uh, overturn of an interception in the end. And I thought it was an interception, but I uh, got that overturned. He had, um, he was throwing, he had at least two or three throws. I thought were uh, poor reads into double coverage and guys that were definitely covered. Um, I think, you know, we, he needs to take another step forward. I, I watched him too, and one of the things I noticed it was, you know, just and I'm not a quarterback, but just watching his mechanics, they looked really funky. Like his, he, the way he was throwing the ball, I don't know if what's going on with him, but it just looked like his mechanics were definitely off a tick. Did you notice that at all with him? Um, yeah, a little bit, um, but yeah, like like you said, I'm not a quarterback coach, so I don't know what what to make of that really. Yeah, it's just something I noticed. I, he's going to have to have a bigger game, too. Um, and so, you know, Anthony Brown, uh, he had – I don't have the stats in front of me. He threw 13, 15 for 33 for 139 yards and two, intercept, uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, so, you know, you saw that. Then we saw, on the other hand, we saw a gadget play. We saw our first gadget play, I think, of the year. I don't think we've seen any others. Um, Jeff Smith threw for a touchdown to Anthony Brown. Um, do you think that BC has more gadget plays that are going to whip out against NC State? You know, 
I think a lot of people are wondering if, if BC tried to keep a lot of their, um, you know, their game plan off of film so that NC State can't game plan against it. I think that's giving Daz a little bit too much credit, you know. Um, um, but, I mean, if you may, if people are making that statement, then they're really like doubling and tripling down because that, that's the same thing I heard during the Wake Forest game. Like they're running on first down every time because they're trying to set up the pass in the second half, which they did. And, um, but I, I was like, I, I don't think that's going to work every week. And then to your point, Temple, um, you know, they finally whip out a gadget play there first in five games. So. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if, if A.G. Dillon doesn't play and they get behind, they're probably going to take out a, a gadget play to get back in the game. But um, I I don't know. I, I From Adazio's time here in B.C., I don't think he's calls like an inordinate amount of gadget plays or something. So I'm, I'm not sure why he would all of a sudden this year, but I've been known to be wrong. So we'll see, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we, we should, I think we're starting to see what we know and. In, in get what we know from Adazio at this point. It's interesting. You mentioned falling behind. Um, Matt BCO3 uh, put on our message board. Uh, I think is Adazio's record at BC when he's fallen behind is like two and 26. Um, finishing. Right. So um, that, I think that's another key for this game is BC can't fall behind early. I think if they can get ahead and, and start playing from, you know, a position of power, they can, they can really control that game. So that's our, our, uh, my last thought on that. So Eric, you know, we'll, we'll wrap this one up. Um, this is again, our second attempt at, uh, this, um, podcast for the day. So Eric, uh, let's look at predictions for this weekend. I know both of us have our final predictions coming out in my weekly post tomorrow. Uh, do you think BC can hold, hold their own against NC state? Um, and talk a little bit about what the diff. You know, is is it going to be close if AJ Dillon plays? Where versus if it's not? Let's look at what your predictions are for Saturday's game, and I'll give mine after that. Yeah, I I see NC State winning this game by uh, double digits. Um, you know, may, maybe a ten to fourteen point game if Dillon plays, and then if he doesn't play, you're looking you know, fourteen, seventeen point, twenty point game in my mind. Um, I, I did say the saving grace um, in all of this is maybe NC State's looking ahead to their game against Clemson in two weeks. They have a bye next weekend. Um, you know, I, I think that's really grasping at straws to pull the uh, NC State isn't motivated angle, but um, who knows? And um, I, I think I think what it comes down for me is I I can't see a scenario where the BC defense can slow down the NC State passing attack. I mean, even if um, Wyatt Ray and Allen have a couple sacks each, I, I mean, they're still going to get theirs against BC. Um, kind of the only thing I can see here is I will say that last weekend, Virginia is not a good passing offense, and they're really not a good offense, period. But um, they were able to put up, 258 yards passing. Um, you know, their their quarterback um, had a pretty high completion percentage. He was 20 for 35. It was decent. Um, he averaged almost 13 yards of completion, which was is a huge number. So when I see those kind of numbers put up by a, a poor passing team on NC State, you know, it does give me hope that, you know, if a, a, a Anthony Brown – 
gets back to his form in the first three games of the year that you know he can have a day against NC State. So uh, and I, I think I think they're going to need him to to kind of keep pace with with the NC State passing attack this weekend. What about you? How do you see uh, the game going this weekend, AJ? So I just I got my hopes up again. I actually just looked up. I had bl- I blanked out on last year's game. I know I remembered it was close that we lost Anthony Brown due to an injury, and I remember um, Bradley Chubb doing like a spin a Rooney after he uh, won the game for NC State. That's the only things I remember about that game. But I was actually just looking at the stats of the game. We actually held Ryan Finley pretty much in check last year, which is pretty incredible. I know the secondary was definitely different last year, but we held him to. Um, 14 of 33 uh, for passing for only 150 yards and, um, and one interception. He didn't throw a touchdown against us. So this secondary, you know, maybe schematically wise, has in the past been able to stop him. So um, I know that, you know, you lost Yidem, you lost um, Cameron Moore. But I think Cameron Moore was out for that game anyway, so it wasn't um, – so, you know, there wasn't that big of a change in the secondary. So maybe they, ha- they will have some more success against him than we're expecting. Um, however, I, I still can't get myself to believe that BC is going to win this game. Um, I, as I've said, I've watched now three mediocre quarterbacks in a row thrash that secondary, and he's a, a Ryan Finley's a quarterback in a whole other stratosphere. Um, I just see them struggling. He's going to let. A, I, I can already imagine what's going to happen. You know, Wyatt Ray or, or Zach Allen will make a sack. It'll be like third and 14. He'll complete like an 18-yard pass and thrash us on third downs over and over again. That I, I just I can see it in my brain that this was going to happen on Saturday. Um, so I, I, I worry about that. And, and then on top of that, you know, A.J. Dillon's a special, a special running back. And, you know, I, I'm losing faith quickly in this offense and its ability to, to move the ball without him. Um, I thought Ben Glines was fine, but he's just, you know, he's not going to make those big plays to score points for you. He's going to get you four yards a carry or whatever. I, I, uh, for Saturday, I worry about the offense. I see, I have BC losing by double digits, no matter who, you know, if AJ Dillon's playing at 60% or AJ Dillon's not playing at all. Um, I just, I don't believe in this matchup. I just think it's a bad one for BC. So sorry to be a bummer, but it looks like both of us are uh, feeling pretty down about this uh, matchup on Saturday, Eric. (laughs) Yeah, my my uh, my my hopes are not high, but hey, sometimes BC uh, has a way of surprising us in a nice way like that. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll stay positive about this. Hopefully, uh, so let's wrap this up. We're about out of time. It's been about a half hour. Um, let's do some plugs. So obviously, you can follow us on Twitter at BC Interruption is the main site. Um, you can also check out our website at bcinterruption.com. Obviously, you know that if you find it. Um, it's sure to be flooded with more hockey talk all week as you'll get to hear about um, the backup goalie and uh, fifth string defensive uh, pairing um, with their own post coming up. So you got that coming. Um, you also, <laughs> you know, I can keep making these jokes and no one hears it. So I'm going to keep doing it. Um, you can also check out Eric on Twitter at EJ Hostess and me at BC, Interru- at, not at BC Interruption, at BC Hysteria. Uh, Eric, you can find on Instagram his uh, barbecue company. We gotta start talking to BC about getting them to get you hooked up there, Eric. I think you need to get you need to be like the exclusive caterer for Alumni Stadium. Yeah, I could up the food game at Alumni for sure. I would love some barbecue there, but you can check him out on Instagram at at Hoffa BBQ. Uh, just look that up. You can find the BC Interruption uh, Instagram that I run 
Um, so it's a lot of my um, content. So that's at BC underscore interruption. Um, and then you can find us on Facebook at BC interruption. So those are all our plugs. Again, we'll be back next week as we get ready for our next game against I'm totally blank. Who are we playing next week? You had to put uh, me on the spot like that. Louisville, Louisville at home, homecoming. Yes, so totally Free forgot about that. Free ticket Saturday. <laughs> and Louisville, a team that Bobby Petrino's showing up on all of the uh, hot, hot seat uh, lists at this point. So it's going to be an interesting game, but hopefully BC can, you know, build some momentum and maybe get a nice win on Saturday. So without ado, you know, make sure you follow us, um, uh, like, and subscribe to uh, BC interruption radio on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast and make sure you share us with your friends. Like if you like what we do, it means a lot to us. If you can like just send an email with a link to our, our podcast and word of mouth means a lot and it can really spread pretty quickly. So if you like our stuff, tell your friends, tell your classmates, if you're in school still tell your, you know, uh, your roommates, whoever you're, you know, whoever likes BC sports about BC interruption radio. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, so thank you guys. And as always go Eagles. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details